still writing down that's all my fine. jobs you can keep I'm writing not ready at all. That's fine. if you want to talk about groundhog day you can talk about that's, groundhog that's what day i was going to start with because it, yeah. it's groundhog day and for the first time in a long time it's groundhog day and i'm not watching groundhog day groundhog day is probably three on the list of perfect movies yeah it's just a spectacular movie from okay. start to finish just okay. the way it's but not caddyshack not caddyshack okay Caddyshack has unfortunately aged out quite a bit. It used to be a classic, and now it's kind of, I don't know. I wasn't really into it when I saw it. I saw it later in life anyway. But Groundhog Day, Groundhog Day is probably up there with like Back to the Future and everything as the perfect movie. So Groundhog Day is, for those who don't know, is a movie starring Bill Murray where he is a weather reporter for a New York company. They don't really name it or anything. Well, they kind of do, but it's a fictional television studio. And he goes to Puxatawney, Pennsylvania. That's it, Pennsylvania. The small town that is famous for this groundhog that predicts, you know, the weather. Mm -hmm. Six more weeks of winter or not. And, uh, he is cursed to, or blessed, however you see it, to repeat the same day over and over and over and over and over again. So, doesn't matter what he does, it never changes. He can do whatever he wants, and it never changes. He wakes up the next day, and uh, this is a Harold Ramis movie. Mm-hmm. So, he did all this stuff, and he talked about it at length quite a bit Okay, after the fact. Apparently... Bill Murray spends at least 10,000 years in this day. And it deals with a lot of fun stuff in that he, by the time he's, he, you know, he, the movie starts and he's kind of getting into it. You know, he's like, hey, I can do whatever I want. And it never changes anything. So he's made it his goal to like sleep with every woman in this town. Oh God. He's like doing all of these messed up things and robbing banks and whatever because no one ever catches him. And, you know, the next day he wakes up and the day's reset. It yeah, doesn't matter. Yeah. So he's doing all of this fun stuff. And then eventually he gets tired of it because there's one nut he can't crack, and that's his producer, played by Andy McDowell. And he really wants to be with her, but she just, no matter what he does, she will not come around. So... He eventually is like, I can't keep living the same day over and over and over. So he starts killing himself at the start of each day, only for the day to reset. <laughs> and so, like, midway through the movie, he's like, I'm I'm God. Because, I, I mean, I know everything, and I can't die. Yeah. And so, after he goes through all of this, then he decides to start using this to better himself. And so he's spending his days reading poetry, reading yes. French poetry and yes. learning piano and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. doing all of these things to become the type of guy that this woman would want to be with. Oh. And at the end of the movie, 
<clears throat> they do get together and then it becomes tomorrow. Oh. So once he once he get once he is finally the person that deserves to be loved by her and she does love him, then the day advances and he can go on. I highly suggest seeing this movie. It's excellent. I didn't spoil too 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 much of it. Just the whole thing. Pretty much, but that was. Ca- but that it's was- worth it's worth watching, despite my spoiling. It is it is very worth watching. And that was all of Groundhog Day. Pretty much. So, it's a less <laughs> sci-fi version of Live Die Repeat. Pretty much. It's a less h- horror version. Yeah, more comedy. It's it's a less horror version a- of uh, Happy Death Day. Yeah, it's. It's happy, fun. It's good times. Happy Death Day to you coming out next week. Yeah, and the trailer for that spoiled the first one. <laughs> you should have watched the first one then. Yep, exactly. But I digress. So, yes, and Punxsutawney Phil is an actual groundhog. That is it the same one every time? Because there's a part of me that feels like he is not 100. No, he is not. No, he is not. Two this years is, old. But this is just something that this town has You should probably adopted. intro the show now. Anyway. <laughs> Welcome to When Daniel Met Rich. I'm Rich. I'm Daniel. Follow us on all of the social medias. Come like and subscribe on YouTube. Also, like and subscribe our other show, Excitement Inc. Yeah. It's more yeah. nerd focused. Yeah. We do podcasts every yes. Monday. Podcasts drop every Monday. Videos drop all the time. Check them out. Go see you. We try for Fridays. Yay. It's rough. We try the for videos Fridays. Rough. There's yes. a lot of work to do. There's just a lot of there work is. to do. You may email us at windanglemetrich at gmail.com with any questions or comments. We will read your email on the show. So, yeah, it's Groundhog Day, and I'm not watching Bill Murray over and over and over again, which I typically do. Anyway, so Daniel, how you been, buddy? I'm good. Just fine. Just fine? Yeah, I'm counting right here. I've had (laughs) 17 jobs. 17 jobs. Jobs. In about the last 11 years. Oh, wow. <laughs> I've had Some... one job in the past 11 years. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I've had the same job <clears throat> for 17 years <laughs> on Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is my 17th anniversary at my current job. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Do they pay Me you too, good? Buddy. Me too. Do they pay you good? That's all that matters. <laughs> they pay me all right. It's good stuff. I mean, I wouldn't stay there for 17 years if they treated me horribly, you know? Ain't that the truth, right? You would have found something else because, you know, you don't... Right. Yeah, you you don't jump around. Not like me. I've jumped around from crappy job to crappy job to crappy job to crappy job to crappy job. But, you know, um, I'm finally in a place where I'm doing pretty good, so... Nice. And we'll climax to that. Nice. This is going to be the jobs episode, everybody. We are going to discuss (laughs) the jobs we've had and the weird things that have occurred at the jobs we've had. Well, you know, with the introduction of Excitement Inc. where we say where we make it our job to talk about the nerdy things that you love. We, you know, you might wonder, well, what is this job you guys are making? Don't you guys have real jobs? Do you guys have day jobs? Is this paying your bills? No, none of this pays our bills. Yet. Yet. We're going to work real hard to make it that way, though. We're hoping. Yeah. We're hoping. Or did it all begin? Yes. So, Daniel, what's the weirdest job you've had? <laughs> the weirdest out of all of these? The weirdest Oh, geez. One. I mean, that's going to start real interesting. That's <laughs> a good way to get this all started because easily my weirdest of all the jobs was working at the Denver, Colorado acclaimed location. 
That is Casa Bonita. Casa Bonita! I worked at Casa Bonita, and I don't usually dive into the details of what I did at Casa Bonita because I was definitely a performer. Bringing I, up the diving. I was on the I was on the stage, and then eventually I did some of the diving. I was never truly a full fledged diver, but that is the easiest way to describe it because I was eventually diving into the water, okay. uh, not well <laughs> by any means of the, by any stretch of the imagination. But no, the weirdest job was at Casa Bonita. It was right after I graduated high school that I was just kind of like something I like is that I've done a lot of my dream jobs thus far. Um, nice. in terms of just wanting to do things. So I did do the stage shows for, you know, uh, nothing in terms of pay <laughs> at Casponi. Nice. That was right after I graduated high school or like right as I was graduating high school. It was the beginning of 2010 okay. that I had that job there actually. Um, and I did the stage shows. I knew the whole, I knew the whole spiels. I did, I did both sides too as well because, um, sometimes the girls, so we uh, did the stage shows and there were regular ones. So there's, uh, three different talents and versions of the shows. There's, if there's one person on, that's usually in the morning. If there, if there's one actor on in the morning, it'll be one actor and a diver. There's always a diver and there's always an actor. Sometimes in the PM when there's more people, they'll have multiple people for multiple shows. And then you can add shows. For instance, the pirate show yes. is a three-person show. Um, you can't do that with two people. You can definitely do the gunfight yeah. with two people, which is the two cowboy show with the sheriff and um, with the sheriff and Black Bart. Yes, and then you can also do a uh, gorilla show. Yes, with I've uh, always seen the gorilla. Uh, yeah, basically, um, the diver is the gorilla, depending yeah. on who does what and how. And uh, essentially, you can turn. We got real crafty, okay. But okay. by the end of the by the end of the time the I was there, the script doesn't really change. Though. No, the script never changes. So we would um, we would make goals. Like for instance, by the end of um, one show, we made it a point. So I, uh, me and the female talent for the pirate show, once I was wearing my glasses and I spiked up my hair and then I um, had my hair up in a sash and I was a good pirate and there was a bad pirate, of course, who was of the course. diver. The one who always goes in the water, essentially. So yeah. they can go in, they go into the waterfall and then they get ready for the dive show, which is intermittent with every other thing. And then right. we would go out as a nine, as announcers to talk about and monologue about the dive show and whatever they do and all the stuff. Right. So we... Um, <laughs> One time she said, wow, you look like the lead singer of Weezer. I was like, okay. So we go out and start adding Weezer references and songs to the script on the show. So why don't you go and think about it on your island in the sun? I would exclaim like pork and beans <laughs> and just like you know it was um pretty pretty awesome to you be want like to destroy my sweater yeah exactly <laughs> right you might want to destroy my sweater but i won't let you steal the princess <laughs> evil pirate whatever your name is cuz i don't remember nice. piece for piece all of them but right. um then there were other times that uh what was the, what was the last one i you know i'd be like say it ain't so <laughs> like, <laughs> would, it was pretty cool and pretty fun for us to just sneak all those in and it was between me and the the female actress so the diver was naturally like damn they're making a lot of deviations i missed something so um and then i, think I, I actually um, might have been there for that show i think i remember uh, that was, oh good awesome perfect i'm glad i, I may um, have been dining <laughs> at the casa bonita <laughs> while you were performing Are you serious Maybe in 2010, man, it got crazy in the summer. Yeah, probably. It was a lot better in the summer too, um, because it just wasn't busy in the winter. Of course, right. Summer comes along, and that place was packed. 
yeah. on a Friday, Saturday night. I also had to do puppet shows <laughs> in nice. the lobby as well as pinatas. Um, one person would be up in a booth next to the arcade pulling the string on the pinata, and sometimes we would play with the kids and pull the pinata too far up when they <laughs> swung. <laughs> So, so they whiff. couldn't hit it. Yes. Yeah, so they just nice. whiff. And you would have to instruct the kids to go up and down with the bat or else they would swipe left and right <laughs> and then hit you in the nuts. And oh, that was not no, fun. No, that was not fun no, at all. No, that's not cool. Um, no, sneaking around. Um, uh, I would literally. So the way it came to be that I would go in the water, generally the performers didn't go in the water at all. But I found out that they had dive practice on Saturday mornings. And so they were like, if you want to come in early for like dive practice where we all just come in and we just get crazy. I have seen, um, and, and when some of the managers were also divers, like the performer manager and then other managers moved up from performance actually. Um, you gotta be in love with that place (laughs) to obviously move up and be a manager. But, um, by golly, did I like the managers there though? They were all cool. And I'll explain why in a second. But, um, I've, there were like six man dive shows in the summer where they would do like, yeah, they would do like a T-bird dive where one of them would, would pick up the other one that you would do a T-shape. And this is one of the easier dives that I remember doing back when I was 80 pounds lighter, but they would, um, <clears throat> I remember, was it Abdul that picked me up and did like the T-shape and then you go over together. Oh, wow. Yeah. Really crazy stuff. It's, it was like, what I ended up doing was I went in and I learned the easiest dives, yeah. just the easiest dives. And then uh, never actually went through with my diver application, but I was used to going in the water. So when the female talent who almost always went in the water with the diver yeah. would um, say it was uh, that time of the month and they don't want to get in the water for that yeah. reason, right? I can go in. Yeah. And I did that a lot is what it ended up being. So we could end up like switching and um, doing one person shows and going in when we need to. So nice. it was pretty clever pretty swell for that reason um so i have jumped from the stage into the water awesome um i jumped from the top into the water but i could not do a back half spin wow into it which was the issue (laughs) for those not in the know casa bonita is a mexican restaurant in the middle of denver colorado it's in a strip mall but it has this massive bell tower in the middle of the strip mall and this place is as if Disney World and Tijuana had sex, had a baby, and left the retarded offspring in the middle of Colorado. Yes. That's the best way to yeah. describe it. This is not a mm-hmm. dining establishment. This is an experience. It is. Behold. It is. My checks said Star Buffet. Oh, wow. That is the company that owns it. It's some guy in Arizona that could give a crap less about that place. Parking is in the back, and you always leave the closest spot open for the owner. It's yeah. never there. never once ever was there (laughs) oh my gosh so anyways um it was it was fun like learning to dive and and do that stuff there going in and out wearing a speedo um you would wear a speedo underneath the uh boxers right purely because the impact every time oh yeah that's part of the speedo is that like you know you you um don't want that to hurt you don't want the floppiness yes exactly when you do things which learning i did do back flopping from 16 feet oof there is no other pain like it. And it's funny because when I tried it, I remember coming out of the water, my manager, Aaron, who was diving with me at the time. And he's like, and he's like, yeah, don't do that. that yeah. Hurts. Basically he was like, <laughs> he was like, bet you're not going to do that again. And I'm like, but I'm not going to, 
<laughs> I was like, because it hurt so bad that it like it slapped, but I didn't feel it for a right. couple seconds because yep. it was shock and then it was burn. Anyway, oh, yeah. so I didn't do that very much after that. But no, um, I did the basics of the like the L L shaped dive. Swan diving was super easy. Um, I eventually learned the inward dive, and um, <sighs> it was fun. It was fun for sure. Um. Yeah, and you, I did dive. You come up with a better <laughs> so, name than that. I was just... basically. <laughs> it was basically no, and so I basically got halfway there, and I was I was pr- pretty much probably one of the most half-assed divers that have ever worked at that place. Nice. Um, purely because I was never fully a diver, but I was still diving. Nice. Yeah, I am. Uh, I also worked in the arcade there. Um, eventually, because I needed hours, and they were giving more hours, and they actually paid you more in the arcade. Really? So, yep. I worked in the arcade. I fixed the machine. I was the guy that came over, and this kid's like, oh, man, it ain't my token. And I'd be like, okay. And then I would open it, and there's a little trigger on the inside of those arcade machines. Game. Yeah, yeah. And I would, like, you liking this game? They're like, yeah. And I'd be like, okay. And I would flick that little trigger that gives you a credit over and over and over. Kid had 30 credits by the time I was done. Nice. I was that guy. Awesome. <laughs> it was easy. It was fun. So um, I did that. And then eventually um, I got a job at Guitar Center and I left that place. But um, it wasn't without its antics. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, dressing up, being cool, uh, being the diver. The girls got went crazy over the hot divers. And then one time I came out of the dive pit. All I was wearing was like a shirt and a tie. And they're like, ooh, can we take a picture with you? Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. And they take pictures with me. They were from out of state and they had been to the museum, museum that day because they were wearing um, headdresses from the Cleopatra exhibit oh, at okay. the Natural mu- Museum. And I was like, oh. And then, and then we were we were going on and I was I was like, I'll be back in need for them. They're like, what? And I'm just kind of like, because I'm going to go be the sheriff next if you want a, a picture that counts, I guess. They're like, oh, we didn't know you were the performer that just went in the water. <laughs> I was like, huh, okay. So they were like, do you want to come to our hotel tonight and come uh, swim with us? <laughs> uh, okay. I didn't. They were underage. I didn't. Oh, um, yeah. I was like, sure, yeah, no, definitely. I didn't see them again um, purposely. So <laughs> <laughs> Probably for the best. Yeah, long story short. So, and I was, um, I just turned 18 at that point. So th- you, have to, you have to man up real early when you turn 18 and you're still in high school. You got to yeah. like... Yeah. Nope. <laughs> Lots of no's were passed out yeah. after September of my senior year yeah. in high school. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Right around that time is when boys, the boys will be boys mentality kind of started mm-hmm. to fade. Mm-hmm. I would say that's my most like interesting job. Um, there are a couple that were like, I want to say more fascinating than they were like interesting. And I won't go over all of them, but I would say like the top ones, I did solar installation for a solid like two, two and a half years until I was laid off, started going to school to gain the talents that I used to do this. And then um, I worked at a flower seed company in a warehouse where mom basically made orders, uh, shipped them out. I gardened a lot. There was a trials garden um, definitely helped me overcome my fear of bees because boy, I was surrounded with them. I was not stung once. Yeah. In that entire time, bees do not care about you unless you like kick their nest, yeah, then bees, they'll kill you. Bees don't really care if you're there or not unless you start messing with them. 
Yeah. Wasps are dicks. Oh, wasps are, yeah, no, definitely straight dicks. It's really funny. Wasps and hornets are kind of dicks. Yeah. I, I remember I was cleaning out, um, I was helping my cousin move out of his house, cousin Kevin, and um, I jumped into uh, a pit to clean out weeds, and I didn't know there was a hornet's nest oh, in it. No. Yeah, I got stung a couple times, to say the least, yeah. <laughs> because well, I was cleaning it out. At like, one point, bitches. there was a hornet, there was a hornet's nest right outside my front door. Uh-huh. And so every time I left, I was getting chased and I was like, what the? And then as I'm coming home, that's annoying. I look up and I see it and I'm like, that's why. So <laughs> I, I coated that sucker in pesticide, stomped it down, crushed it. And oh, yeah. I was like, put it down, put it away. I was like, this is not happening it's anymore. It's true. It's true. So. And that's so funny that that's also coming up because I also had to overcome my fear to work um, in shoe wildlife and pest control. For a small spell. I think yeah. I worked for like a month, two month intervals where I went to go help my brother-in-law, Jeff, in yeah. Colorado Springs um, with his stuff. I made his website too, which was really interesting. Um, but I took out, I took an entire beehive out of a wall, yeah, which was really, really fun. It was inside of the wall. Um, we had to cut it open and we sprayed it with the all organic <laughs> nice. spray. That's what makes it. That's what makes his stuff so cool is that we use only like organic. Like he could spray the pesticide around a baby's crib while they sleep at nap time and, and leave. And it's fine. It smells minty. Ah, it's it's really, really, nice. really cool. Yeah. Product. Um, And so we sprayed that. It works on everything. Sprayed that. I reached into the wall and pulled out these gigantic honeycombs. The only oh. times I got stung, all the flyers were dead. But then there were the juveniles that would hold on to the comb. Yeah. Eventually, we had to cut out the bottom and I had to take out tons of dead bees and bumblebees and stuff yeah. like by the, the hundreds of thousands, basically. Yeah. I'm sorry. Tens of thousands more like. And uh, so we would scoop them out. But I only got stung by juveniles that were like falling off the comb onto my arm, uh, which even then get stung like four times in a row. And it's nothing. Right. Nothing. They couldn't fly, but they could sting. And they landed yeah. on my arm and did it as I was pulling out there their home but also uh they were literally right above the mantle um not the mantle but like an archway in a doorway yeah. like uh bees if you're watching <laughs> don't do not park in front of someone's like door of their house like yeah. <laughs> go to the forest yeah. don't be stupid yeah. <laughs> stay away from us and you'll be fine yeah basically long story short so except for those of us that love you and want mm-hmm. your honey then mm-hmm. pair up with them it, it's true. It's true. They love you for what you have. Yes. Your good, your nectar. Your nice. <laughs> what are your most? What was your most interesting job? I've, in a I I haven't had near as many jobs. Just I don't know what it is about me. I get this weird loyalty. A company makes me comfortable. Yeah. Then I'll pretty much be be there for until I'm no longer comfortable. Right. Exactly. Which makes sense. So I haven't sense. had near as many jobs. I mean, like I said, I've been at the same job for coming up on 17 years right but uh back in the day i uh was working different jobs and jumping all over the place and right around the time i was like 21 22 i was like i've got to make a serious change here or i'm not going to advance at all so i moved out of my parents house and moved into my friend's house in indianapolis and i went there with Nothing. My stuff, pretty much. Nice. I didn't have any jobs or anything lined up. Yeah. So my one friend was like, hey, we're always hiring. Come over here. Okay. Now, in, Indiana, in Indianapolis, there is a big pharma company called Eli Lilly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you can get in with them or one of their suppliers, you're pretty much good. Yeah. 
So I worked at a place. I don't, I don't know if this place even still exists anymore. But uh, this was the place that raised the rats and mice for medical experiments that Eli Lilly conducted. So this was a sealed environment, a barrier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, when I clocked into work, I went in and showered. Mm-hmm. When I got out of the shower, I went in and put in put on all their clothes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they had all my they had all the underwear, socks. Wow. The, they had a pair of shoes on there for me. What kind of underwear did they make you wear? Whitey tighties. Oh, great. You know. Yeah. So scrubs and then i had to wear a hairnet a face net because of this because oh. my muzzle oh, i had to wear a <laughs> that's one more I job i forgot a, um, surgical mask that blocked all microbes and i had to wear glasses so i was covered head to toe in this yeah now this was a hermetically sealed environment so that when these rats and mice were growing up they knew exactly what these things were exposed to. Oh. Which made it more exact for what they were going to get in the lab. Right, exactly. So it would be like, you know what, this this rat is essentially the exact same as the last 100,000 rats. Exactly. Well, I mean, it's, got, it's a scientific environment. It has yes, to be. Yes, it has to be as exact as possible. Yeah. And there, of course, there is a margin for error in there, but... This was what they were going for. Was, yeah. So. Well, the smaller the margin of error, the more likely your results are solidified. Right. True. So they had different strains of rats and mice. Okay. For different experiments. I swear to God, this place was breeding super mice. Whoa. These, <laughs> these mice were crazy strong. And I will explain in a second. Now, there were different strains of rats that would... That had different personalities and everything. So make no mistake, rats are freaking smart. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. Rats are amazingly smart. Yeah. Especially if you breed the smartest with the smartest and keep breeding the smartest with the smartest. Which makes sense. Oh, so naturally. You will eventually mm -hmm. get rats that understand you. And they're doing the long algebra better than me. Pretty much. It's crazy. Notice how I but, called it long algebra. <laughs> but that was, is my math skill. Long algebra. Yeah, but, there was, <laughs> but there were these. So when, when I'm going through and they're introducing me to these rats they're, and mice and everything, um, they were like, okay, there's this breed. This is the breed most likely to bite you oh. for handling them. Wow. Okay. Me and this breed got along spectacularly. Oh, okay. They never bit me. Wow. Okay, these rats were so nice to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They bit most other people. They didn't they bite me. That's all that matters. And then there was this other strain of rats, and they were like, mm-hmm. these are the sweetest, kindest rats. They, they'll they cuddle up with you. They never want to bite you or anything. I got bit more by those freaking rats than anything what? else. Wow. Okay. And then I figured it out. In this entire area mm-hmm. of 35 employees, I was one of three males. Whoa. And so I talked to the other two guys. Mm-hmm. One of those guys didn't even work with the rats. He worked in the autoclave room, oh, okay. which was where they brought stuff in and out of mm-hmm. this environment. Mm-hmm. So this is where the supplies would come in. The product would go out. This yeah. was the only. This is where the cheese comes in. Pretty much. For the rest to eat. Yes. So 
They would actually bake in the autoclave. They would put raw ingredients into... So was into... it literally your job to handle mice and rats? Yes. So my Basically. job my job consisted of uh, cleaning their cages. Okay. Filling up the food. Uh-huh. Um, repairing any of the water heads because on these racks for the water, they had the little feeder bar. And, if, and some rats would jam a piece of the wood chips that they... Yeah laid their waist on and it would just spew out water the entire time <laughs> eventually drowning them oh no yeah wow it's bad 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 news so we had to make sure that those stayed clean we had to make sure that their cages stayed clean mm-hmm. they stayed fed and all this yeah. stuff so and then once orders would come through their orders would be we need this specific strain in this weight uh-huh you kind of had to, so you had to pull the rats out, put them on the scale, keep them from running off the scale, make sure that they were in the right weight range, and then yes. put them in the boxes for orders. Yes. And some of the mice, especially the super mice, had to kind of be hypnotized or a little drunk. <laughs> Otherwise, when you went to staple the box shut, they would attempt to escape and get their head stapled. Yeah. Which was no good. So, and... These orders would take like two to three days, so you had to put a scoop of food in there with uh-huh, them and, uh-huh, uh-huh. and their uh, bedding and everything. Right. So you had to put them in a little underweight because they would eat the food and get fatter right. in transit. Gee, that's crazy. Yeah, so we were having to, we would have to fill these orders, you know, and it was like never more than five animals per section of the box mm-hmm, and make mm-hmm. sure they have the bedding and the food and all that fun stuff. And Cool, cool, cool. And, uh, was this a full-time job or a part-time this job? This was a full-time job. Okay. Now, the thing was, was that to comply with labor laws, they could not give us lunch breaks or uh, 15-minute breaks because if we wanted to step outside the barrier, we would have to shower in and shower out. Oh, wow. Time. Okay. So, basically, you would get like a two-minute break because you'd have to shower out, go take your two minutes and then shower back in. Right. And that would be 15 minutes. Yeah. Between stripping down, showering, getting uh-huh. dressed and everything. Because uh-huh. the shower had to be five minutes. Right. To make sure that you were cleansed and ready okay. for this. Okay. So, they, instead of breaks, we worked six hours and got paid for eight. Oh, interesting. Okay. So I was working 30 hours, uh-huh. but getting paid 40. That's nice. But it was six hours straight. Right. No break, no time, no, no nothing no, like yeah. that. Now, if you went into overtime, mm-hmm. you you worked longer, but still no breaks Yeah. or anything. Uh-huh. And if you did work that overtime, they had a snack cabinet in there so that mm. you could eat something while you were okay. working. Okay. But you could not leave the barrier. Was this like astronaut food? Was it ice cream? Kind like, of. well, kind of, because everything came in through an autoclave, right? So it all had to be sealed, right? And it had to be approved, yeah, because they need to know exactly what my no trees, are in there. no crackers, right? <laughs> Nothing that these rats are gonna get to. Well, I don't know. It was pretty much only kosher. Oh, food, oh, because really? kosher has such strict rules oh, wow. behind it. That it had to be this way. Right. So any kosher food, they knew exactly what was expo- what it was exposed mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. so they knew what possible microbes could be in it. 
yeah. that kind of thing. And it was all super preserved and everything because it had to come through an autoclave. So right. there's never anything fresh in there. There was okay. never, It was all non-perishables, pretty much. Kosher non-perishables. Short list. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> so um, there was a couple days where we worked like eight, ten hours, you know. Right. And any of those times, they would, once a month, they would do a employee luncheon where they would take everybody out of the barrier, go to lunch, bring everybody back in the barrier. Yeah. And that was, we knew that was going to be an eight hour long day, but it wasn't going to be eight hours entirely in the It was going to be more like a 10 hour day because you're going to have to come and go. Right. Right. Interesting. So, but there was so many, you lock 30 women into a barrier Mm -hmm. for six hours Mm -hmm. and don't let them leave. Shit goes wonky. Yeah, I was going to say. Everybody gets a little loopy. I bet. Plus, they're caring for these animals that will, their whole purpose is to be subjected to yeah. medical treatment yeah. and then die. They die. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Now, did you, uh, all I can think of is these is these strong ass rats and how badly I want to write them in as villains for Rescuers so, 3. All right. Now, I'm going to, now I will tell you about the super mice. So, there was this one strain of mice called mm-hmm. CB60. Mm-hmm. That's what most of the strains were called. They were letters and numbers and stuff like that. Yeah. That was what identified yeah. them. Yeah. Now, these mice were maybe that big, maybe an inch and a half long without their tail. Maybe, maybe three ounces weight-wise. Really? Okay. They were extraordinarily small and light. Okay. Okay, but... You had to put clips upon clips upon clips on their cage. Yeah. Because these were like the cream of the crop mice. These mice were crazy strong, crazy smart, crazy fast. Just you had to be smarter than the mouse. And every day that got a little bit harder. Really? Yeah. You had to like outsmart they would the- find They would find ways out. And the thing is, is that if they get out of their cage, mm-hmm. they have to be euthanized. Oh. Because you can no longer tell what strain they are. Yeah. You can no longer tell what they, you know, without them being in this section, there's no way to tell yeah. what it is. So, we, so I was like, they put me in the CB60 room and I was like, okay. And I go and I open the cage and it was like popcorn. These mice at waist level, mm-hmm. these mice were able to jump over my head. From the cage. Holy moly. From a standstill position. And I was like, this is insane. This is some secret of NIM shit. These, these like. are. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It was impossible <laughs> to do this job without thinking of that movie. How many how many owl um, uh, uh, dummies were there outside just staring at the door to make sure no one tried to leave if they did get to the door? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sounds like an origin story for Maury Ratty, the villain of Secret Mouse Detective. Uh, it was... Great mouse insane. detective too. Yeah. <laughs> these these mice were just crazy strong because they could just and it was it was like the minute you open the cage, bing, a literal mighty like, mouse. It was like Jiffy Pop exploded. These mice would just go boing, and it was all of them. Was it horrifying, or was it like something you were uh, used to? Maybe at first to be overwhelmed by so many little. Um. Well, that's why they didn't start me in mice. I'm not afraid of. Rats. I'm not afraid of like vermin, but I feel like that gives me thinking about that gives uh, me the well, heebie-jeebies to have that not, many. 
around the, me. Here's the thing. These Willard. Are, Sorry. <laughs> here's the thing. These aren't vermin. Yeah. Because you know exactly where these mice and rats have been. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, their I guess entire vermin life. Because vermin is more of a terminology for a pest. Right. Okay. So you know, you've seen you've seen them born. Mm-hmm. You see them grow. Yes. You see them become the rats or mice. They're you going see them to do be. long algebra. And then you see them leave. Long division. So yeah. So now you breed them, but you never see them. So you would just sell the mice to the companies. They would. They, they would get sent smart off mice to these for, companies. Okay, yes. Gotcha. Now, there was also some pet stores that would just order assorted, and they got them at a severely discounted price, of course, because there was some that we didn't have to. We didn't have to like. If we find it on the ground and everything, we would save it for an assorted order. Okay. Because those are going to pet stores. Right. Okay. Okay. And then if you see one benching three hundred, you know to but, sell that one for a nice price. But they're going to pet stores as feeder mice. Oh. These rats and mice are destined to be snake food. Yeah, snakes gotta or eat. Reptile food. Yeah. Snakes gotta so, eat. Do they eat? Is it just snakes that eat mice? Do they eat anything else? Like, or or are they eaten by anything? Because iguanas eat. Like um, some of the bigger crickets. some of the bigger. Reptiles will eat the... Oh, I bet like a caiman. Yeah. So yeah. like Gila monsters mm-hmm. or... Uh, you the keep bigger, those? Or the bigger iguanas. Well, there's exotic pets all over the place. And sure. some will eat... Yes. Some will eat mice. Some will eat rats. Yeah. Some will, you know, some will only eat insects, whatever. Yeah. But that's what these rats and mice were sold for was this. Okay. But we were developing them for specific use in labs yeah so we couldn't keep an assorted stock there was it just wasn't room but if there so pretty much what would happen is if they got out and they escaped and we could Mm -hmm. no longer tell what they Mm -hmm. were or verify them at all they would go into cages yeah and then the end of the day they would get sealed in the autoclave interesting okay and euthanized pretty much in a pressure chamber right but then you could freeze and sell those ones right as well yep so, so the assorted stocks would go to pet stores at severely discounted uh-huh. prices because uh-huh. one rat of a particular strain that you could go back and chart its genealogy for 20 generations, that's a pricey rat. <laughs> right? That's an expensive rat. Cuddles came from Fluffy, who came from Toodles, who came from... Oh, they, no, they have numbers. They don't have names. Oh, they don't? Oh, no, well, yeah, you, you can't be friends with them. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. If you start naming right? them, it's difficult yeah. to send them out. To- exactly. You're like, oh, I love Stuart. Yeah. Oh, but he's talking now. Send him to the orphanage. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's. God. Yeah. I think that's the so, fifth movie I've referenced. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> I can't it. help myself. <laughs> so these. Um. Oh, fuck! I lost track. That's okay. It's okay. Anyway. Did you make your own names though? Like well, no, that one's rad again. There were some. That didn't leave. These women became attached to them, mm-hmm. and these became their work pets, pretty much. You know, my wife loves rats, right? <laughs> she wants one so bad. Um, well, <laughs> this would be the perfect job. I've, I have had enough rats for a lifetime. Oh yeah, working in this place. Like, nah, I'm good. So I worked there for I want to say nine, ten months. Mm-hmm. Saw crazy shit. Could you walk any on a leash? Crazy shit. Uh, there was one that 
when some of the rats, because of the breeding structure and everything, would develop deformities. Okay. And those had to be expunged. You know, they they weren't fit for exactly what their purpose was. And there was one that had all these fatty tumors, and they were supposed to get rid of it. But I guess it was so sweet to the lady that took care of it that she didn't. She just kept it in its own cage on one shelf. Oh. Secret kind of. This thing was massive. It just kept developing tumors. Oh. So this rat, that's the this particular strain of rat was maybe like six inches long without the tail. Uh-huh. And probably around uh, 12 ounces okay. max. Holy this crap. rat was probably like five pounds. <laughs> it, was, oh, wow. it looked more like a fat, fat, fat earless bunny than a rat. It was enormous, and I was like, "Oh my god, why are we holding on to this?" Job of the rat, and I was, and the lady was insisting that this rat was not in pain or anything, and I was like, "Well, no, but if we removed all the tumors, it would be amazingly strong because it's used to hauling around all this weight." <laughs> Cheesy watch, Anucci Rat. <laughs> I made re- many of those references. Did you give him a little mouse that went? Couldn't kill it. Uh, uh, I tried. I tried, and it ripped it in half. It was crazy. What? Yeah, it was wild. It ripped it. It didn't suffocate it from rolling on it. No, it took it and. I was like, oh my god, a salacious crumb for this rat was a horrible idea. Oh my gosh, crumb. Nobody. All these, all these references, and. It all fell on deaf ears because these are all older women that had no interest in Star Wars. And I was just like, dudes! Guys! <laughs> so. So what? Uh, pretty much your death at 30 from a heart attack? Or what? Oh, jeez. <laughs> Thanks to there, 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 so like, there was one rat that died, and I guess they gave it a little cigarette in a newspaper and would pose it on shelves yeah. and stuff. It was really strange. So there was weird shit like that happening. Uh, this job also is where I crossed a lot of those not safe for work activities off of my list. <laughs> of course. Of that, course. Like, question, have you ever masturbated at work? Because this job I have. Oh, yeah, definitely. definitely. Have you ever had sex with a coworker? Because this job I have. Yep. Have you ever killed anything at work? Just this job I have. It's true, yeah. So, there's, there's a lot of those questions that are like, you've done this? And I'm like, yeah. I feel like job. having sexual encounters at work is actually something that's like easier to get away with depending on the job. Because like I definitely like have had an office to myself that yeah. my wife has visited me at yeah. completely unsupervised. But at that point, I hadn't seen my manager for a month. <laughs> and I, I knew uh, he wasn't coming. So I slept instead, with my I definitely. At that job. I, I, I that's like with, a that's a two birds one stone. I there. I uh, I slept with a supervisor at work at that job. I'm gonna have to make Sarah the CEO of Excitement <laughs> Inc. If I'm gonna cross that one off my list. Yeah, it's Sarah, little, you're hired. <laughs> it's it's a weird weird situation where I understand a lot of the sexual harassment training. Yes. I get that now based on my experience with this job. Oh. I didn't, it never really sank in until I was thinking about this job in relation. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh. Oh. Were you poached? 
a little bit. Kind of. Is that what it is? There you go. I was I was working, and this new supervisor came mm-hmm. in, and she would always talk to me and everything. And I was like, I'm. She was like, "How are you liking the job?" And all. That. And I was like, "I don't know that I'm cut out for animal care." Yeah. I just I feel so bad leaving them like this, you know, because you can only do so much in a certain amount of time. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And if you're not that quick about it, then that means that some get, don't get the attention they need. Yeah, and they can suffer. So I yeah. I was like, I'm not very good at it. I'm not very fast at it. So I feel like I'm neglecting some of these animals, and they don't deserve that. They deserve mm-hmm. better. Mm-hmm. And they're like, and she was like, well, we're working on getting more people for this because. You're right. Mm-hmm. These animals shouldn't suffer at all, you know, and that's never the goal. Mm-hmm. So they're like, they're constantly looking for people because of this. Yeah. Because they, there's, you know, one person had to take care of a thousand rats, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and when it came time to sexing them, they had to have good eyes because yeah. if you put a male in with a cage full of females, all of a sudden, you end up with a whole bunch of new stock. Yeah, right. Bam, 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 bam. So, so you had to, and it's when they're babies. It is so hard to tell male from female. Once they're matured a little bit, it's much easier. Yeah. But then you know you'll find out that a week later, you're looking at them and it's like, oh no, this is a male. And that's a cage full of females. Oh, no. And then a week later, oh, my God, all these females are so fat. Oh, shit. And then a week later, the cage is pretty much overflowing. Yeah. It's, it's like, like popcorn again. Oh, my God. And you're just like, wow. How, yeah, how, how are the one dude and you're like, you right? are the luckiest rat in this entire building. Right. Eight rats you for every rat. You got so <laughs> much rat poon. Wow. But, so so the supervisor would always talk to me about that and everything. I wonder and, if they did it missionary like in Bad Boys 2. Maybe. I don't know. Have You, you haven't seen Bad Boys 2, have you? I haven't seen Bad Boys 2. Let me explain to you Bad a story of, of uh, Bad Boys 2. It goes like this. Wicked, wicked, wild, wild west. Bad boys. It's Will Smith with Martin Lawrence. Oh, you want to watch the second one, but not the first one because T. Leone sucks. T. Leone sucks. I couldn't. I made T. Leone into one word there. T. Leone. (laughs) What I was going to say. T. Leone? Is it Taya? Is it? I don't know. She's annoying in Jurassic Park 3, and it just makes me want to. Hey, I have a rat story, too. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if you're I found kind her sexy of there. family man. If but you're anyway, kind of, ooh, very nice. Um, so uh, here's the deal. I worked at Target once. Okay. It actually relates to a job as well. And I smelled a smell, and it came from a very specific spot on the floor in Iraq. And I was like, huh, something died here. Yeah. <laughs> and I was telling everyone this is when I was working with uh Cody. Uh, at AO, the Ahamkara, guest of the show, um, the the streamer, the Marquardt, uh, judge, jury, and executioner, Spider-Man of Denver, Cody Marquardt. And we, uh, so I smelled this dead rat 
and I was just kind of like, yo, what's going on here? And I was really hoping that we were going to pull it up and get a rat. But then like maintenance came by later and was like, I didn't find anything. It turned out to be like a dead, like, or it turned out to be like a sewage pipe broke somewhere and it smelled that bad. But I seriously thought something had died and not one of the old ladies that worked there. <laughs> right. <laughs> is, is that too risque? We'll find out. Um and so I'm I'm there and I'm like going through uh uh these scenarios in my mind and I'm like I had another one of those dumb like g- g- serialized TV show plots in my head where like a rat dies and then we hold a memorial for it. Sir Rat Raddington. <laughs> and I'm like <laughs> So we have a have a funeral in the parking lot for this dead rat. <laughs> After oh, of the office, and like yes, okay. and no one knew it. No one knew him. Did it happen in the office for a dead rat? For a dead bird. Oh, oh shit! That's a know. bob truck. I didn't remember. Um, and so like, and so like, we're having a funeral for a rat, and we have like a a a, a wake with cookies and juice afterwards. Mm-hmm. The cheapest cookies and juice in the nice. break room. Afterwards, to mourn the the dead rat. Yes. So my supervisor at this job. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, I for, right. You fucked she, your supervisor. Uh, I'm sorry. She. It's fine. It took it's a fine. second. It's fine. It's fine. We mourned the dead rat. Right. And we were anyway. also talking about your rat that yeah. fucked himself dry. Yeah. So <laughs> I. Uh, so this was not an easy job by any stretch. But anyway, so she was. She was like, you know, we need to keep all the employees we can and all this. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. She's like, I understand your concerns and we're addressing them. Trust me. You know? Yeah. And so we would all kind of help each other out just because you had a whole room to take care of. Mm-hmm. And each room was supposed to be staffed by three people. Yeah. And each room was only staffed by like two, sometimes one. Okay. So staffing was an issue. That's why they were always hiring. How much surveillance was there here? <laughs> Not, 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 not too much. Anyway. <laughs> I'm so, like, is there a sex tape somewhere out there? So, no, I, there's, oh, I have so Brian, many stories Brian, about this Google place. search, Pornhub, rat worker, fucks boss. I did not have sex <laughs> in a room full of rats. Believe okay. me. Never that mind. Is, Don't Google it. Don't that Google is it. the height of impossibility in okay, this job. Right? Okay. It is the least sexy job ever. You're like, why anyway. is your dick squirming in me right now? <laughs> I'm not in you. I'm not in you. Sorry, Rich. Continue. No weird by Richard Gear rapping. Anyway. Story, please. All right. So Brian's dying for the details. So we all kind of like rotated around to help each other as far as feeding and cleaning the cages and all this. Well, she would leave notes on my table. Hey, left off here. Mm -hmm. Hey, left off here. So that I would know where to pick up the next day Mm -hmm. what cages to hit first, basically. Yeah. So... It was more about prioritizing the work than focusing on getting it all done because it was just impossible to get it all done. Mm-hmm. So we would prioritize it and she would leave me these notes prioritizing okay. it and everything and, you know, put a little thing at the end like you can do it or, you know, good work yesterday. Here's to an even better today kind of thing. Leave these little affirmations on my workstation. And one day I am come in, you know, and there's the little, you know, left off here. Good luck note and everything and I'm okay cool and I go back to doing my thing then I come back to it like a few hours later 
And sitting there is a note and it says, I'm attracted to you. And I was like, huh, okay. Now here's the thing, because we're all dressed exactly the same. We are all in scrubs. We are all in the face mask, the eyes, the hairnet and everything. It is impossible to tell anyone from anyone. All you've got is voice and mannerisms. But otherwise, you know, you've got like the height differences and everything and rare occasion the boobs show it off. But just because of sheer size, that's all. There's no like revealing clothing or anything. We're all dressed exactly the same. So it's like, okay. And I know that she left me this note and I'm like, why the hell is she attracted to me? She can't see me. She doesn't you know what I look like or anything. Then I realized that this, I get this note a about three days after we had our luncheon. Oh. Where everybody left, went to eat. And, then and everyone back. saw each other's faces. And faces match voices. <laughs> you, yeah, I was going to say, and then you meet and you're like, hi, I'm rich. So, We've been working together for six months, but I'm rich. It's it, it was virtually impossible to see someone you knew from work. Right. Outside of work. Right. Just because you didn't recognize them. It's true. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. That's funny. So, you know, it took me like, it seriously took me like two months of working there before I figured out who was who. Because mm-hmm. I had the list of names and I knew who worked in which rooms, but I had no idea. Because we were helping each other out and bouncing around so much, I had no idea who was who. Right. And this is after two luncheons. I still don't know who's who. Right. I would never be able to tell who was who anywhere. Yeah. Outside of work. And then I'm like, okay, so she's attracted to me. I don't know what to do about this. And then she was like, hey, you want to come over and watch a movie? And I was like, sure. VHS and chill? Yeah. (laughs) I was so oblivious. I took six movies over there and intended to watch like two of them. But I gave her a selection to pick from. Oh, wow. And I seriously hung out there for like five hours before either of us made a move. Because I was so stupid oblivious to this. Oh yeah, obliviousness. <laughs> Boom. Always obliviousness. I was so, never I was I was never oblivious growing up. Bullshit. Uh, I was nope. So if I went oblivious. to a if I went to a girl's place, like it was going down. I, I was, very quickly. I was ridiculous. Very quick. I didn't even wait time to where like Neither one did friend. She. One friend smacked me upside the head. He was like, you hung out with that girl for nine hours and nothing happened. And I was like, yeah, why? And he just, idiot, she wanted you to do stuff. There's a fine line. It's better to not do anything than to do something and make the mistake. Even if you make the mistake, it's okay. However, as long as you don't push it. If so, if a girl says no, they say no. But that doesn't mean you can't try. And in the high school, here's the deal. Daniel never per- pursued past a girl's comfort zone, but he always offered. And boy, when you offer often, does it work out? I did not learn this until much, much later in life. In fact, this whole experience with this supervisor is what taught me the lesson that he is talking about yes, right now. It is. Because so, Daniel realized this at like what, fifteen? I for those of you this at like twenty two. For those of you unmarried, currently doing your Tinder left and right swipes and swiping away, just so you know if that works out, always offer, always offer. Cause sometimes those girls are there for the same thing you are. And that was the yep. daily Daniel. Absolutely. Wise words from Daniel. <laughs> Boom, there we go. We're gonna call it the Daily Daniel from now on. That just oh, it was born from this. Yes. So there's gonna be a Daily Daniel one episode per time. Yes. It's so, a thing now. 
So the supervisor and I, I'm over at her house. Her parents are gone. Her kid is gone and because she had been married with a kid and then her husband divorced her and everything. And uh, she was wildly getting around from what I understand. Oh, wow. And so, and so I like your little rat that got away. In the- <laughs> <laughs> and then she gets pregnant. Whose kid is it? Apparently she was. Um, I don't know. The kid was born wearing a face mask and a hairnet. Apparently, the whole reason that she was so open about things was because after she had her kid, she had uh, the procedure to make sure that she would not have another one. Oh, and so, and so she was like, "I can do everyone and not have a lasting impact." Aside from, you know, STDs or whatever. But oh, yeah. Anyway. Well, I mean, STDs or STDs. Yeah. What year yeah. was this? 90s? Early 90s? This was Late actually 80s? 2001. 2001. Duly noted. Well, yes. here's the deal. 2001. This was where I was when the towers fell. I was listening oh. to the radio in the autoclave room at this job when the towers came down. Wow. This is really insane. Yeah. I remember I was in fifth grade. I was at Hudson Elementary. Up in Weld wow. County, and we were watching it. My teacher turned it on on the TV in the classroom, and then actually no, we didn't have a TV in the classroom. But she picked up the phone. My teacher, um, Miss, Miss Bitch, who won't be named, and then we all got she sent home. Shall not be yeah, she was like, "Everyone go home," because we didn't know what kind of state of emergency it was because that was a catastrophic event. I remember getting sent home, and I remember um, my mom wasn't home, so I got so I got sent to my grandparents. And then, and then, well, I was at my grandparents, me and my grandpa are just watching this on the TV and it scared the ever loving crap out of me. It was the first time I had to like realize what death is and think about what death was. Was that, what that was that event for me? Yeah. This was my first experience with something happening somewhere that had an impact on the entire nation. Mm -hmm. Okay. Prior to this, everybody knew where they were when the challenger blew up. Which is before your time. Yep. So I was in second grade when the Challenger blew up, and that was the point of reference for my generation for the longest time. Until 9-11. Until 9-11. Okay. Then when this hit, keep in mind, we're in a barrier. Mm-hmm. We're locked away from the world. All we have is this radio. You can't even go out to confirm. So you can't. It This could, for all you know, be a war of the world situation where oh. somebody's doing a teleplay and you have no idea. Because there's no video. There's no feed inside this area to tell you exactly what's going on in the outside world. You have no you have no frame of reference. So I was just like, oh, this has got to be a hoax. There's no way. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Then we leave work. Wow. And as we're leaving work, every gas station has a line of like 12 cars. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Now, I got gas that morning, so I wasn't worried about it, but I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and then we get together with the rest of our roommates, because I worked with a roommate in this lab. So she and I would ride to and from work every day. And on we had an agreement. On the way to work, we don't talk about work. Yeah. On the way home, we don't talk about home. Mm. Very we get nice. it all out of our system in that ride. Cool. So we were able to keep both sections very, very separate. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I was just like, on the way home, I was like, what the fuck is going on? And then we drive past 
And good on you, Indianapolis. Good on you. We drive pl- past the blood center. Mm-hmm. And there is a line of people standing waiting to donate blood. Awesome. That's about good. About two blocks down this street. Good, 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 good. It was insane how many people were like, I'm going to do what I can to help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is the best thing I know to do. Nice. So, Indianapolis, good, good on you. Yeah, very much so. But then we get home and then we see the footage mm-hmm. on TV and online and whatnot. Right. Now, this is the birth of my dark humor. Yeah, right. Here, because we, while this was a state of emergency for the nation and everything, that night at dinner, I came up with my first 9 11 joke, which I will never repeat. Oh, awesome. Perfect. <laughs> but you know, 10 minutes later, I came up with the other one. We're not doing that ever. <laughs> well, but you know, but comedy is tragedy plus time. It is. Maybe I didn't add enough time, but. And there is some humor that's morbid. I mean, yes. I grew up with morbid humor because my mom's a nurse. And, yep. you know, we would say things that, you know, like would be kind of funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. In that, wow, this is humorous in the idea that it's satirical in yeah. a certain way. Well, and there hits a certain point where something is so traumatic that if you don't laugh, you will collapse and yeah. just drown in despair. It's true. It's true. There was, and then there's other things that are just like, I mean, I saw a YouTuber from England making fun of 9-11 in his own way, in his own format, and I can show you later, but it was really weird to see it and and just like, he was so funny up until that point, and then we just didn't laugh at it. We were just kind of like, that's not... That's not yeah, that's, really funny. Yeah. Like it was weird. It was actually just kind of like, and it's, that's not I don't think we pre- purview uh, to make that joke. basically. And I don't think we weren't like mad at him per se, because we know he didn't mean anything by it being right. that he did a lot of things that was really funny. It was actually the guy who did the Pikachu, uh, Pikachu thunder fork thing. Okay. The guy, the weird guy coughing and then he vapes and coughs. He's like, yeah. And then it was the same guy like doing something. I don't know. It was weird, anyway, but we are getting yeah. so off of jobs right now. We are. Really That's okay. Are. I still anyway. have about 4,200 jobs to. Yeah. Go so well. I went over to my supervisor's house. We yeah. watched a couple movies, six hours. Then we were hanging out and she made her move. We ended up fucking. And then I went home. How did she make her move? Did she grab your balls? Did she just grab your crush? No, did no, you make no. out at least? I was, yeah. Okay, cool. That, well, okay. we were talking yeah, about yeah. that. Okay. We were talking about sex, and uh, she was like, "She was like, do you want to, you want to maybe kiss?" And I was like, "Okay." And she kissed me, and then she goes, "That's it. We're having sex right now. Take off your pants." I was like, "Okay." Shirt on or off? Oh, preference? I muted up pretty quick. I was like, "Oh, yeah. okay, yeah, nice." And she was up like, pretty quick. She was like, "Can I keep my shirt on?" And self conscious, and I was like, "No." You want this to happen? You're going to be just yeah. as naked yeah. as me. Yeah. Where's the titties? You can't not do that. You can't share them. She was self-conscious <sighs> about her stretch marks on her tummy. Ladies, we don't give a shit it's about true. stretch marks it's anywhere. Uh, we, we like you naked. In the infinite, infinite uh, wisdom <laughs> lyrics of Kendrick Lamar, <laughs> show me something natural like ass with some stretch marks. The, okay. All right. There we go. Be humble. Yes. I don't understand the self-conscious thing. If you're already naked with somebody, 
chances are they Man. don't really care about any of the imperfections. They're how many balls about, deep in your vagina? Don't like, don't yeah. look at my stress. Are you kidding me? I'm going to see a lot of you. Yeah. All right. We're going to be in there and you're going to make a dumb face. You don't realize you're making might as well just <laughs> nude up yeah. real quick. Like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Trust, trust me. <laughs> yes. I helped open a Vans. Nice. While I was in high school, I couldn't do a lot because I was in marching band, so they got rid of me. Uh, what was your like very first job? My very first job was a local grocery store to my hometown, which is now closed and defunct. Naturally. It was Wilco. And this guy that owned Wilco owned two others. Mm-hmm. And he eventually built two of them up so big that he just kind of sold it to other chains and then turned into a Walmart and then like basically leveled the one that I worked at. Oh geez. So yucky. So this was a grocery store that was a pretty much mom and pop shop and most teenagers worked there from my town anyway. Right. Exactly. So I worked there for three years. Started as a bag boy, worked up to stalker and cashier, and then eventually became the floater to where I could bounce around to any job and do any job. I don't think I was at a job for more than a year until my fourth job, which was Guitar Center. I just didn't like, I mean, granted, all of them were like quick stays and and vans. They were just opening up and they hired too many people. So they ended up like getting rid of me from there. Noodles, I ended up quitting because I hated it. This right here, actually, I still have scars from noodles very specifically. This? Yeah was from oil. I was a saute cook. That was my first job oh boy. at Noodles and Company. I still remember how to cook some of that stuff. So nice. I make noodles at home because Sweet. A, super cheap. Yeah. Pesto cavatappi with some uh, seared uh, Parmesan chicken. Nice. You come to daddy for, nice. for that. Okay. Um, noodles daddy. And well, it depends on whether or not my flesh is inside of it. And then, um, yeah, so that's, I remember that this is strictly from a burn. I got really good at flipping things in the frying pan from that. Because when you have six 500 degree burners going at once, yeah, you tend to work a little faster. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you tend to just, you can't take time to stir everything. So there were spatulas. I never used them. I would just, I still have the scar from the rat bite. Oh, really? That's yep. so cool. It's on my middle finger right there. Oh, really? Oh, that, that's, that that's quite faded. It's almost 20 years old. I was going to say, was it a nasty one or like? It was pretty nasty. Ugh. Broke off its teeth. Oh, really? Yikes. What a yeah. jerk. Was it one of the strong ones? Yeah. It was probably Moriarty. Moriarty <sighs> trying yeah. to escape and get his revenge in the oh, great mouse he, detective uh, too. He met an unfair end. Oh, God. Let this be a lesson. Don't bite rich. Anyway. Yeah, basically, I was going to say, not when there's a lot of you to, to, to go around. But, but I, how flat is that son of a gun? I digress. I, I don't, I don't want to be judged harshly on that, so I don't know that I should state. But. Yeah, yeah, right. So don't, let's, let's not. Well, don't I Don't judge me, but that was the first time I had to scrub a wall in that. <laughs> barrier well then there's also the natural reaction of a if that asshole bitch you that's that hard, what it was it was get it off me get it off me and boom. oh there you go boom also if he's biting you so hard that he's drawing blood and he won't let go of you make no joke about it if if i was attacked by any i was watching a video of a goose that would not leave a dog alone 
a yeah. goose. There was a guy in a in a boat, and this this goose was like coming at his dog, and they were like trying to get away with it, but it kept chasing them. Like this mm-hmm. goose just actively wanted to hurt his dog, and if a goose came after one of my dogs like that, I would have snapped that motherfucker's neck mm-hmm. so hard, like a turkey, like a turkey. <laughs> <laughs> Throwback. Um, <laughs> was I mean not as prejudiced so much as like because I mean turkeys like they they have it coming. That goose had it coming. Don't really want to go after gooses. Right. Turkeys. There. I mean, there's a reason we have Thanksgiving every year, and I think that's there's a deep inset hatred of every American of every turkey yeah. um, that we just don't admit to, and that's fine. Um, so, but I digress. Oh, nice poll, Brian. There's that guy who punched the kangaroo in the face too. That was a good one. <laughs> nice. There was a kangaroo that was holding um, a pit bull. This guy was on vacation. Have you seen this video? I have not. This I, is I, a I hilarious can, video. Uh, show it to everyone. I'm not allowed. Um, you're not allowed what? I'm not allowed to see kangaroo violence based on my wife's. Oh, this is not. This is not. This is just pretty awesome. Okay. Um. So, uh, big thanks to Viral Hog for sharing this. This is an original HD video right here. Go ahead and make it full screen, and uh, show everyone. Basically. Pretty awesome. Yeah, but no, I mean, it's just there's a part where wild animals are wild animals and then your pets are your pets, you know what right. I mean? And then also your safety is your safety. I could see myself flinging yeah. a rat motherfucking heart. I mean, if a rat eventually doesn't let go, I would pull a full. I was also watching this on a TV show. There was a, uh, there was, oh man, but granted this was, uh, it was fiction, yeah. but it was the new show 911, um, okay. where it's just calls and a, uh, a reptile fanatic was cuddling with her python and then it wrapped around her neck and was killing her. So she called the cops um, and they came out and they, they, they like pulled the snake's head loose and chopped it off yeah. to get it off of her. It's those things where it's like, yeah, do what you have to do. Cause it, yeah. you know, I hate to like, I hate to say it, Cause I love animals. I have pets. I want to save. I mean, I want to yeah. help my wife open a cat rescue eventually, you know? Yeah. Um, and dog rescue for that matter. So I don't believe in animal cruelty. I hate the dog festival in China. That being said, if I if if a dog latches onto anyone I know or my own animals, I will kill it. Yeah, I will kill it. I'm yeah. I usually have some kind of weapon on me. I, I will kill it. I, I hate to say it, but it's mine and my own. I remember, need to be protected. I remember reading a thread about that about a lady sleeping with her snake, and she was like, "My snake's finally getting affectionate. It like." Now it like lays right alongside me in bed all yep. night and everything. And mm-hmm. this guy goes, uh. Stop sleeping with your snake. Put yep. it in a cage right now. Yes. What it's doing is measuring you to make sure it can eat you. It was actually squeezing it her. She had to go to the doctor, her. too. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was actively, yep, it happened. And it was That's actively, was. like, sizing her up to see if it could eat her. Yeah. yeah. And she was going to the doctor for, like, health issues. And they were like, well, what's happening? She's like, well, my snake yeah. cuddles with me a lot. And they're like, he's actually trying to suffocate you. Yeah, he's eventually going to eat you. you. Yeah, so. so it's it's highly interesting, but um, unfortunately, There's a reason we call it the reptile brain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, reptiles don't get affectionate with you. They, they don't do not care. Give a shit about you. Yeah, let's be honest. Like reptiles, you know, they can be nicer. And I heard there's like a like a uh, emotional support alligator out there. What? Don't ask me how. If they're bred for long enough, I feel like we can get there. But there are some that's animals like having that's an like, emotional support Vulcan. You don't. <laughs> I know, right? If you want the pure logics of um, it. Man says emotional support alligator helps his depression. Well, it could help with his depression. Yeah. I saw one that was like at a hospital. Oh, boy. So I don't know. As long as it's not trying to eat you. But you'll figure it out. You'll Eventually, they'll try to eat you. It's you know, fine. but for the same reason, like, I mean, there are some pigs that are like. 
you know, there are crocodiles and alligators out there that just do not eat their owners. But also, this says a 14-month-year-old alligator. Holy moly, it's still growing. Yeah. yeah. Well, wait until you It'll you're, be 16 feet long someday. You keep feeding it meat and then wait till you miss a day and your dinner. Yeah. yeah. Long story short. The minute short, it becomes so. 16 feet long, you're not cuddling your emotional support alligator Yeah. Anymore. Sorry. It's going to, you know, nibble on your shoulder. <laughs> That's ridiculous. That's Jesus. ridiculous. Anyway. Who would have an alligator as a Well, people get stupid about their pets. That's just how we are. So talk about getting away with things at your job. We were you were talking about getting away with like the um the sex and the killing things if you need to or whatever it is. What was weird? I think that was a bug. I don't know. I see there's another piece of this right here. I don't know what that is. That's part of a bug. Oh, it totally was. No. (laughs) No, your emotional support alligator can't just wander. Wow. Well, based on that picture that we're looking at right now, that solves one of Daniel's problems. (laughs) (laughs) I do not not wish a horrible alligator ridden death upon senior citizens anyway. at all. I yeah. forgot to clarify. So, I used to volunteer since this kind of falls into the like the the category. My mom as a single parent would take me with her to work a lot and she worked at nursing homes quite a bit. Yeah. Actually starting out um and I would go with her and I volunteered. I actually know senior citizens better than a lot of people. I feel like some people see senior citizens and they go ew. And there's a bashful part of them that can't handle senior citizens. You know right. what I mean? I can go into any old person's home. I've uh, been in dementia places too. I used to actually like hang out with a woman with uh, Alzheimer's who would constantly be asking for her son. And I reminded her of her son. And yeah. when I hung out as like a young man, like a, well, I was like between eight and 12. And when I hung out with her, it was the only time she wasn't asking for her son. Right. You know, there's still people. I've talked about respecting them and taking care of them. I have, yeah. and I have done that. Yeah. Um, uh, no, you don't want to deal so with them on the road. The point, exactly. It. Yeah. The point <laughs> I'm trying to make is put them in homes. <laughs> okay. Put them all in homes. It's where they belong. Store them. It was, it was so put sweet. And it went so south. Put them in storage and then send our young there. Put a a balloon in the middle of them. They'll kick it. They'll kick it. And then they'll forget they're kicking it. You put on on some Frank Welker. (laughs) Four hours will go by and they will they will fall asleep eight times in the process of your four hour Frank Welker special. (laughs) And um, but I volunteered. Yeah. Um, for that, I volunteered for Alzheimer's too, so I've got a large amount of patience for 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 the elderly. Truly, it just yeah. you know, there are still parts to be annoyed and driven nuts by them for the same reason. Absolutely, know? yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I digress. Um, uh, at that Wilco job, I yeah. Oh my god, me and my coworkers. I mean, we're all teenagers. Mm-hmm. We're dumb. We don't, you know. We stole so much from that place. <laughs> We were just ripping off that grocery store <laughs> so hard. I bet. It wasn't even me for the most part. Yeah. One guy would, I mean, one guy would go back in the storeroom and just like rip open cases of stuff, put it all in a bag. When he took out the trash, he would leave this bag in one particular place. Really? And then he would be like, hey, man, give me a ride home. Okay. And as I'm giving him a ride home, he would be like, pull around back, pop the back, pull around back, pop the back. He throws this bag in and he's like, all right, dude, you want a couple Pound bags of peanut M&M. 
Dude, uh, what the fuck? <laughs> he, I mean, he would rip off beer. He would rip off oh, geez. M&M's. He would rip off candy. Oh, he would rip off pizzas. He would rip off all this shit. Uh, and I was the accessory to it because okay. I was giving him oh, a right. I was told at one point when working at Guitar Center, the warehouse manager told me that one time they left the back open um, and it turned out to be the old warehouse manager and they ripped off like 40 grand worth of fancy guitars Jeez. from that place. I worked in oh, the yeah. drums department when I worked there, but <laughs> yeah. Oh no, you'll get those at any job or really. <laughs> yeah, people basically. Will just yeah. Wholesale rip the place off and yeah. then like leave, never be heard from again and or then whatever. But probably the next closest thing I think to theft at my job is um, working as a server where initially um, at Gunther Tooties, you could never get away with it, but at places like um, Rock Bottom and, and Jim and X, both places I worked, they would have just, open fries or open bread okay where i think it's a common thing from place to place as a server that you nibble out of those yeah you shouldn't <laughs> right i never stole fries without like explicit permission um right. from rock bottom and then the bread was just free haul because it didn't all go out by the end of the night <laughs> right. and you're eating it because it's about to get thrown away so things that they were going to get thrown away then i'd be like yeah i'm gonna eat it right. obviously but um there were so many people that pissed me off at rock bottom just like they would constantly eat fries off the line and i'm like you know i have a table that is about to need fries and you just took the fry now they have to make fries in my plate my table has to wait eight minutes thank right. you wonderful yeah for their food my tip's gonna be great but i digress I have a whole diatribe about serving, but let's save that for later. <laughs> the serving. I had one job yeah. as a server once. This is how I found out that Rich is not suited to ever serve food to anyone. Do tell. I work I was it was a dry spell. This was right before I moved to Indy. I was looking hard for a job and the only place hiring was Steak and Shake. So I went to Steak and Shake and I was like okay, isn't that a fast food joint though? Yes, okay. it kind of is. It's okay. a, it's a diner slash burger joint All right. that has a drive-through. So. Okay, so you take them their food at the table, or yeah, if people okay. dine in, you were a server for the diners, right, right. but the uh, drive-through was just handled by the short cooks. Okay, so I did the training to be a server and everything, and I was like, I want graveyard. I want the midnight shift. I need to, you know, this. these are the hours that I work. This is when I'm most effective. Please put me on the on the graveyard. All right, cool. We are always looking for people for graveyard. My first night after training by myself was a Saturday night. Do you know what happens in a 24-hour restaurant on a Saturday night around 2 a.m.? It is packed with drunk people. Drunk people. Absolutely packed. The drunkards. And guess what? When people are drunk, <laughs> they don't have a lot of patience for, hey, it's my first time on my own. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And their DDs have absolutely no patience for anything. Oh, God. Because they have been putting up with drunk bastards for the past two hours. <laughs> <laughs> so if you are not on your A game, you are not getting tipped well. Yeah. And I was never on my A game. I did not know how to prioritize tables. I did not know how to handle all of these orders coming in and going. I didn't know how to just keep up with every table being packed and being the only server. Right. In a room of 24 tables. 
and they're only packed for about an hour, maybe two. <laughs> because then everybody's tired and ready to go home and pass out. Right. Possibly, you know, have that one night stand because they're so drunk they don't even know who they're with kind of thing. Mm-hmm, anyway, mm-hmm. but I couldn't even keep up for that. And I was like, and there was, my manager was like, I just had to give away a $50 meal because you were so inept. And I was like, yeah, I really shouldn't be doing this job. I need to find something else like soon. And my buddy told me that the place he was working was hiring and it was like 14 bucks an hour, which was a lot. In 1999. Yep. Is a shit ton of money. Yep. Right now, that's actually pretty <laughs> So I was like, yeah, I need to I need to take this job. So I got that job and I was like, hey, I'm uh I got another job, so I'm going to be leaving. And my manager was like, Okay, well, when when do you when when's your last day? And I was like, <laughs> Well, I start the new job Monday, so actually yesterday was my last day. <laughs> she was like, Oh, you're really blindsided me. And I was like, don't don't like flatter me or anyone right. else. I was horrible at this job and you are well <laughs> shot of me. This is not what I was put here to do at all and I'm not gonna. I think it takes a special set of cojones and uh, to serve and I'm not saying that you don't have it in you. I'm saying that there's a special kind of boot camp kind of training if you are going to be a good server that you kind of have to go through mm-hmm. in a way my first serving job at gunther tooties i served at gunther tooties and then rock bottom and then jim and Nick's. Yeah. um my first job at gunther tooties it was just a breakfast joint for old people truly was my manager there acted like we were a five-star diner mm-hmm. or dining establishment so i hated that manager <laughs> i hated him so much that i got good and then i quit because i didn't want to see a stupid face anymore yeah now that i've gone through places that have shit servers when they could be making so much money i realize now that he made me the best server i could be yeah. by being a gigantic dick yeah that was his way of doing it there's a part of me that feels like there are better ways to do it he just took the rough path with me yeah. to like really get me ready really quickly considering it was my first serving job. A lot of places they make you do hosting first. Right. I was able to say, yo, look, I'm into the customer service. I'm good at making people laugh. I'm good at making people like me. So let me try this. And they did. And they were like, look, we usually make people do hosting first. And I found out this is the same any place you go. When girls get hosting jobs, but they won't be made a server, they'll go someplace else, said they've hosted, but they want to serve. And then they get their serving job at the next place, right? Right. So I go and I do this. And he put me through the ringer. By golly, if I was not blowing the other servers out of the water at rock bottom I'm sure. and, and Jim and X just blowing them out of the water. And if not for the fact that Jim and X was a second job, I probably, probably would have stayed there longer to try and make the place a little bit better to yeah. try and explain to these ladies, Hey, you know, if you can't operate at a hundred percent when we're slow, when we're slow, how do you operate when we're full? You know, yeah. but there was also a hierarchy issue there where I also didn't want to continue working there um, and get the, the slower, crappier sections right? because I was new and lose it to servers who didn't ask for appetizers didn't ask for desserts you know what i mean um and didn't find clever ways to do it in terms of like you know i know how i feel at home so i'm gonna let people know when i get there 
Do you want dessert? No. Do you want it to go because you're going to wish you did when you're binging Friends tonight on Netflix? Yeah. <laughs> and yes, people want their dessert and they're glad I asked them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was fun. I think I actually, and the reason I'm not serving and I probably won't anymore, um, and the reason I'm just doing DoorDash on and off now for my side money is purely because I can't stand people anymore. <laughs> I just can't do it. And I feel like Jiminix for somehow had like the literal scum of the earth for customers there. And I don't understand it. I worked at rock bottom at the orchard and my customers there were fine. Granted, there were days that I had to have a pizza remade four times. Yeah. When I had a one table in the middle of the day on a Tuesday yep. <laughs> in between lunch and dinner because the kitchen was so bad. <laughs> yeah. But I digress. Um, it's See, my time at Steak and Shake yeah. pretty much taught me how to treat a server. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, definitely. It's like, yeah. dude. Screw your ranch. You take your time. I'm patient. Yes. I know you just You're multitasking swamped, like a crazy. And you are going and that's full the thing. fucking steam. I, so. I cannot express to everyone how important it is that... You you don't fully judge when it's busy. Take a look. Uh, take in your surroundings. If it's busy as crap and your server forgets your extra ranch, who cares? You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't take that out of their tip. They're doing their damn best. And they're probably yeah. short-staffed because most of the people that get jobs at these places don't really like to work in the first place. So they're covering and taking more tables than they're actually supposed to have, right. more likely than not. Yeah. And that's the next thing. Girls are like, oh, I'm a little too overwhelmed with my three tables. You want you want this one? Fine, I'll have a six-table section all night. I don't care. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I am getting good at this because I am going fast because I always do the tip-top. I don't know. Serving is a is an oddly weird thing that does actually require finesse. It's not an easy job. No, it is not. It's an easy job to get because people go in and out so fast because yep. they don't realize what it takes to do it well. Yeah. And then there are those who go, oh, man, these guys didn't tip me good. These guys didn't tip me good. Really? I'm not having any issues with tips at all tonight. Yeah. Ladies. Yeah. That was for all the waitresses I've worked at with yeah. at these places. That's too hard. <laughs> right? I didn't get any good tips. Well, maybe you probably should have put in their food in a timely order. Maybe you should have put in the right food when you yeah. did. Maybe you should have double checked with them. Maybe you should have gotten them refills and maybe you should have pre-bust their tables. Yeah. But I digress. Working with people that don't really want to do the best and then having customers that um, this last place really did it for me. I don't understand how in a matter of like two, three months – I managed to get the only tables that um, my manager and I were ready to kick out. The oh, only geez. tables, yeah, got that bad at Jim and um, There was one night that my manager was like, we might actually have to muscle this guy out the door. If I might have to ask him to leave. He was shouting across the, the restaurant. Uh, so, um, and another time where we were also, um, um, I think it was uh, another time there's a, a waitress who was patronizing me because she she's wanted a lot of hot links, man. And she said she wanted a, a, a certain app. And she starts patronizing me mm-hmm. at my table. And I'm like, Okay, I can patronize you back. We're going to patronize here. And we both were sitting here patronizing each other in our patronizing voices like this, just talking to you. Was that what you meant? Is that what you meant? Okay, well, maybe I can put this in. Okay, I didn't get that the first time. Yes, I did. Oh, well, then I guess, you know, I didn't understand when you were saying the same thing twice over and over. Yeah. Bitch. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, it brings out this side of me. And when I'm working it as a second job, boy, that did not work out. That brought out a special side of me to the point that I almost actually took off my apron set it down on the table to let them know they're the reason I was leaving (laughs) and walking out the door. I've never been that close to just walking out of a place out of a job like that. Never so close in my life. I never would, 
Yeah. But it got to the point that I was going to. (laughs) If I didn't, it would part on my own terms. So anyways, (laughs) to the fake Kardashian girls and their mother at the table, I don't read minds. Okay. Maybe you should tell me what you would like to drink before you tell me that you want your nachos, but you want them all brought out on separate plates, each and every ingredient of the dish. So that's serving. <laughs> yeah. And why I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah. Um, tips are good when you can knock them out of the park. And, you know, I've had really, really good tips. Sometimes people get like at Gunther Tootie's, there was a guy who paid in basically Monopoly money that he got, like coupons and stuff like that. And by the end, the, and it was such a big table and they really liked me enough that he still paid me. He tipped me 30 bucks because his meal was free. Yeah. You know, and that that makes such a big difference to servers, especially when they do a good job for you. If they're boring, if they don't care about connecting with you, if you know, then, yeah, tip them normal because that's still, you know, money they have to make. And you're eating out. There's a role to eating out. Tip your servers. Yeah. Now, if you see them once and then never again for the rest of the meal and the place is empty, they don't care about you. And if they're not serving you, don't tip them. Basically, <laughs> well, there's there special exceptions. There was one night I was at a restaurant with the wife and uh, our waitress was so kind and sweet mm-hmm. and good. Mm-hmm. She was good at her job, mm-hmm. too. You know, she was doing a fine job. And the guy at the table next to me that was also her table mm-hmm. was such an out and out just fucking bastard. Yeah. To her. Happens a lot. That I felt so bad. I I tipped her for him. Nice. Because I was like, and I wrote on the check as I was like, I'm so sorry you had to put up with my neighboring table. Here's the tip he should have left you. Yeah. With mine. Yeah. It's a big deal. Because I told the guy, uh, you know, I heard him talking to her and he was like, I'm not going, I was going to tip you this and I'm not going to tip you anything and here's why. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And just proceeded to dress her down. In a very loud voice, right next to us. Yeah. And I said, don't worry about his tip. <laughs> and he, he kind of turns and looks at me, and I was like, dude, you need to go. You just mm-hmm. need to mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. It's true. I was like, the the whole reason you're not tipping her is because she won't have you and no other woman would. It's true. and then Just <laughs> go. Just go. But then there's these people, you know, it's, it's about... It's about common decency because you still have a human being. Yeah, they're being nice and they're, you know, bringing you your things, but they are not your servant. They are not your butler. No. They're, they are giving you good service and you should give them respect because they're a human being. Maybe you'll get better service even yeah. when you're good to them. I have tables that are like so much better to me than other tables. And I'm like, geez, I need, I'm, trust me, you're getting good, you're getting good service tonight. Like, trust yeah. me, like if I, you're the favorite child I'm going to choose in this hurricane yeah. situation, <laughs> you know? Well, and here's. Here's your daily rich for you. If you want good customer service, it's important to be a good customer. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, that is 100% so the thing. So, mm-hmm. so you want good uh, treatment, treat them good. Yeah, basically. It's just uh, basically. It, it's common sense that people just kind of blank mm-hmm. on it. It's like, I'm the customer. I'm paying your bill. I yeah. get to do whatever I want and treat you however I want because your check is paid by me. It's no, true. Shit. It, We're all people. It is. And in terms of like being a good customer, it also helps you to read. Some people just aren't forward and that's fine. You don't have to be forward. You know, um, I if you do let your table know, if you treat your server like someone you're about to have a good fun experience with, then it can help. My my biggest tip, I think that I received 
while I was at Geminix most recently was from a birthday table. It was a guy, his parents, and all their friends, and we sat down, and the parents um, were just kind of like, uh, oh, it's his birthday, by the way, so do something. And I'm like, well, we got the uh, the megaphone charging in the back, so that's good. And uh, so I can embarrass him, and he's like, oh, no, this isn't good. And then I was like, and, uh, and they're like, yeah, yeah, And I was like, oh, you know, if you don't want the megaphone, we, we do have a paddle. And his parents are like, oh, you're going to get spankings tonight. And I'm like, okay. And so at the end of the night, I'm like, okay, we're going to buy you dessert. What do you want? What kind of pie do you want? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, let me see your ID. Like what? <laughs> so I get the idea. I read it. Okay, so you're uh, just checking the birth year. Yep, twenty-seven spankings. <laughs> <laughs> I give him back the ID. Cracks up the table. I got an extra twenty bucks cash on top nice. of my thirty-dollar tip for nice. that table and that play <laughs> because oh, yeah. the parents liked that. Oh, the I'm parents sure liked did. that a lot. I'm sure they did. <laughs> but yes. I digress. Nice. Um. Yeah. Good customer makes good customer service. Yep. So. Oh yeah. So. Yeah. I got some horror stories about my own. I'm sure. I'm sure. So, yeah, a lot of, uh, well, a lot of the jobs that, I mean, like I said, I've stayed at jobs for three years, four years. Right. This one, 17 years. And jobs, I mean, work is a four-letter word. It's all the same. Right. The job you're doing, as long as you're trained right and everything for it, you're prepared for it. It's the job, yeah. the job. It, it's going to be work, however it is. What keeps you wherever you're at is pretty much how you're treated. Yeah. And how you're treated is pretty much comes down to your manager. Yeah, 100%. So. I think that they're like, I mean, I being that I've been through a lot of places, I wonder about the comfort level versus the work versus the people that keep you there. Mm -hmm. Because I don't like something I really, so I'm at, I'm a merchandiser for Pepsi right now and I love it. Yeah. I really do because I'm someone who's good with autonomy. I've been at so many places that I've learned so many traits. Yeah. And a big part of that is probably the reason, A, because I've been through so many places, I've learned skills, but I've also been through so many places because they did not pay me enough to survive in this right. environment, which might be a whole other you know conversation of its own in terms of like the economy. Um, yeah. But then also um, whether or not, I like people. And one of the cooler things about Pepsi is that I don't have a, a my, I have a manager who recognizes that I do not need to be babysat. Yep. And for that reason, they aren't breathing down my neck. Yep. Telling me what to do because they're like, I'm a manager. I need to be able to tell them what to do all the time. It's not their job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the, <laughs> good managers make their workers lives easier. Yep. And that's that. <laughs> yep. But you got to be a, a good worker to deserve it. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's certain guys that, I mean, I've worked my way up to supervisor at my job that I'm at. And there are some guys that are like, that have told me, if you weren't my supervisor, I'd have quit a couple of years ago. Yep. <laughs> and it's, and he's like, there was one guy that, he worked for us for six years. Mm -hmm. And then I jumped shifts and he got a different supervisor and quit two weeks later. He's like, I can't handle that guy the way he treats me. Yeah, treats me like I'm a kindergartner. Oh, and yeah. I need to be watched all the time. I'm out. And I was like, see, this is, uh, you know, the you need to tell people when you're in the interview process, be like, this is how I operate. I'm gonna watchdog you for <laughs> everything you do, and I'm gonna question everything you do, even if it's something <laughs> I told you to do. Whether or not it's right or wrong. Because I need to know that you're doing what I told you to do. I can't just have faith that you're doing what you were told. 
I need to treat you like a kindergartner, not an adult. And oh. professional See, development is so yeah. important. So when I when I'm interviewing somebody, I ask two questions. I ask them, "What are your expectations of me as your supervisor?" And let them tell me what they expect from me. And then I'm like, now what can I expect from you as my employee? And they tell me what I can expect. And this is all the things I write down. And I'm like, okay, this is our contract. This is the social contract that we have both agreed to. Yeah. Because I've decided I can deliver on your expectations. And you can deliver on mine. The minute one of us doesn't, the other one's out. Mm-hmm. And so I'll tell them, you know, here's what I expect from you. I expect you to be a hardworking, responsible adult. Yeah. That's it. It breaks down mine, into yeah. breaks down into thousands of facets, but at its core, it's hardworking, responsible adult yeah if i ask you why you screwed something up and you lie to me and make up some bullshit excuse are you being responsible no nope. really not really take ownership okay if i have to watchdog you to make sure you're not screwing around or anything are you being hardworking? are you being an adult are you being someone we need to replace for someone who doesn't need to be watchdogged yeah <laughs> and then i tell them what you can expect from me is that i will never ever ever ask you to do a job that I would not be willing to do myself. 100%. Yeah. I'm not going to be like, you know what? I don't want to do that. Here, you do it. Yeah. It's the worst. That's not how I operate. That's not how it works. I remember there was a guy, there was a, because basically any, there were like, when I did solar, there were junior installers, mm-hmm. and then there were lead installers, and then the foremen of the jobs who would go do the electrical work while we did the basics of installing solar systems on the roof. And there was a guy who just regularly would wait for me to go up a ladder first because he wanted me to literally carry all the panels onto the roof. Ugh. Or sorry, he would jet up the ladder before I got there. Like he would literally like squeeze hey, I'm in. Up here. You yeah, this. yeah, basically. So and, and I'm just kind of like by the by the end of the work week, you know, I was with that crew for a couple of weeks until I ended up finding my really good crew that I was with for like eight months. Mm-hmm. Um, man, it was a good fit. I mean, I miss those guys. Scott, I'm talking to you, Scott Murto. We still need to play Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, and then Seth McKinney, who's probably not listening to this. I don't Shut even know where Seth went. I miss them. I miss man. Scott is probably one of like the. I don't want to say one of the best. I'm still friends with him on Facebook. I really, really miss Scott because he's really, really cool. He was always the kindest. In in construction, you don't find people. Um, you find a lot of dude bro man guys drinking their light beer and watching the football games. Yeah. Scott Murto is a man of science who loves uh, science fiction in yeah. addition to fantasy. Uh, Explain to me what makes Game of Thrones so damn cool. Yeah. Um, talked about video games. I got him Mass Effect for Christmas. I don't know if he ever played it. He wasn't huge on the video games, but I introduced him to The Last of Us, uh, which he was like, damn, I need to play this. And I think he did play Resident Evil as well, but um, also a bodybuilder, a man who sees a goal and goes after it. 
Uh, and it's so funny because uh, it was after he decided he was an electrician. He decided to go get his nursing license after because he's so into health and wow. building a body fit. A man's man, if any, and not a man's man because he's not drinking the light beer. He'll eat a cheeseburger, you bet, but um, not when he's got some uh, muscle to build. I yeah. tell you what, a man who knows so many science aspects of that stuff. Anyways, too cool. I really hope to have him on the show one day. Um, you would love him. Yeah. And also, he's the one who told me, Brian, about Ravenloft. Nice. Yes. Brian loves Ravenloft now. Awesome. But I digress. Um, my, that, that was a good fit. Yeah, my absolute <laughs> best favorite boss was uh, also my uncle and my godfather. Mm-hmm. And all around great guy. My uncle George. George Princess. Yes. Uh, rest in peace, Uncle George. Oh, no. I miss you every day. He, uh, when I was getting out of college because I was dropping out because I just couldn't take the pressure, I was starting to mentally crack. Yeah. Then again, I was also doing a double major in psychology and criminal justice. So, sure. That'll make you pop. Anyway, I uh, got on with my uncle's work crew in construction. So, I was learning construction. And, uh, Got me in the best shape of my life. The mm-hmm. first 28 days of that job, I lost 32 pounds. Yeah. And I was cut. I was ripped. I was loving it. It was great. And I was working with my Uncle George on his crew. And he had me running. He had me. Oh, he was. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. You know how they, you know, <laughs> nepotism? No, there was no nepotism here. There was this. I was another guy on his crew. But he was hilarious. Mm-hmm. I love that guy. Mm-hmm. He just, even if he wasn't my uncle, I'd have loved him. So great. Yeah. And uh, he had his demons through life and everything. And it eventually, you know, takes its toll on the body. And that's why he's... Oh, man. That's why he's no longer here. So... Rest in peace, Uncle George. Sorry Rest in that. peace, Uncle George. <clears throat> Miss I'm, him every day. He right? I was going to say. Yeah. And yeah, on the crew, I started calling in my auntie Georgina. (laughs) There was the one day that he and I like really freaking had it out. He uh, he was giving me a hard time about the mental things I was going through because I was I was severely clinically depressed and getting out of college and everything. I was looking at Prozac and I was on Prozac actually after this because I was so down and dark and everything yeah, yeah. and uh my uncle was like oh we're gonna get you right and we're gonna get you off that head shit and all this and he's saying this in front of the whole crew oh god so i leave <laughs> him and i was like okay first off you're 48 and still living with your mother i don't think you're in a position to tell me where i'm at mentally <laughs> and i just laid it this was you know five minutes of airing dirty laundry family style in the middle of of a wood frame construction job site. And you could just see the crew of 25 guys all like, I wish I had popcorn. This is so fucking good. (laughs) When it was all done, we were like, cool, cool. All right. And we got back to work and like knocked it out. And that was, that was the end of that. Nailed it. Yeah. Perfect. No, that's so. a good one. And it, having, having you know, a couple of like come to Jesus moments and still being able to be friends after that. Yeah. I had one, I had one manager. Um, uh, I call him my Obi-Wan. 
of marketing and professional development. Yeah. He's Robert Toller. I still play video games with him and he um um a part of the reason one day I was just zoning out and he was like, Hello, hello and he's like, Sometimes I feel like you don't listen to me and I'm like, I gotta be honest with you, like I'm a little ADHD. And yeah. it's not you, it's me. Yeah. I promise. And also this place is driving me nuts. He showed me um just uh, how successful companies can actually be ran by jokers and yeah. clowns and people who are just looking for the next promotion and don't really care what they're doing. Yeah. Not even slightly. They're just looking forward to the next chat. If you're not doing a job you're not passionate about even slightly, mm-hmm. why do it? <laughs> if yeah. there aren't people that make your day, if there aren't like, it's, it's funny, but I digress. Um, he and I stuck through it and he showed me, uh, so many things about being a better businessman, about being, being, um, involved in, in personal professional development, being Mm -hmm. good at those things. I want to have Robert on too, really bad. Robert Toller, um, my other favorite manager. Um, cause I think there's like three of them maxed out that were all my favorites that were just like, and they're there. It's so funny because you can learn so much from mentors at jobs. Like the best managers are going to be remembered in your history. Plain and simple. The ones that were dicks, uh, they will not be mentioned by name. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Because you won't remember them. They will live forever in infamy (laughs) as the, um, but I digress. Uh, Robert, Robert Toller, man, I would love to just, he, he taught me what true design is Mm -hmm. and I didn't even have to take design in, in, school because he taught me at work you know yeah. what i mean he showed me like the basics and then the extra and for someone to be able to put knowledge into someone else that's that's what you do as a manager i learned more from him than the people that hired me to do the job yep. and he was only hired shortly after yeah it's astonishing it's really cool it's really interesting oh, yeah. but i digress um i forgot to tell the story about my fun managers at casa bonita too and one manager all right just having too much of a good time. He was like the assistant manager and I know his name, but I don't know if I should say it um, because I think he's way, way up there. And I'm I'm not mentioning the names of anything or anyone. He might or might not have come back behind, uh, the, the, into the, the, the performer's dressing room basically. And he would come back and he'll, uh, Hey guys, he'd walk up and and just kind of like, so being really secretive, right. He'd be like, what's going on? You want to, you know, I mean, there's no one around. Do you want to, Maybe you could any little like shift open his pocket. He would shift open open his oh. pocket like he was showing you drugs and be like, "You want to roll some dice?" And it's Yahtzee papers. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and we would get in and play speed rounds of Yahtzee, nice. like crazy. Because you, if you know Yahtzee, you could you could get through a game oh, super yeah. fast. Just roll, 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 roll. And yeah. when you get a Yahtzee, he grabbed the limbo pole. And rode it into the lobby <laughs> like it was a horse while we were all screaming Yahtzee. That's awesome. I was fucking a pinata from the behind. <laughs> Someone, the diver at the time was like slapping the carcass suit of Chiquita in the face. Like, Yahtzee! <laughs> and it was just a thing that we would lose our shit every time we would get a Yahtzee. Nice. And it would happen. Regularly, this actually yes. happened, and uh, they didn't get it. Um, w- we played Yahtzee once. Um, I think it was the first family activity I did with my wife <laughs> and family. Brian remembers this because my very last roll of an extremely long game was a Yahtzee. Oh my gosh! So naturally, you reach a climax, right? Oh yeah. 
Did I run upstairs screaming Yahtzee? Did I sweep everything off the table? Maybe. Did I come back downstairs without a shirt? Probably. Yes. That's Yahtzee, okay? That is Yahtzee, and there's only one way to play it. Okay? That's full four. You don't have Yahtzee. Yahtzee. (laughs) You don't. On an unrelated note, I didn't mention on the earlier podcast, but one of the games I've been playing lately is Yahtzee with Buddies. What's it's a phone app. Oh, really? Yes. Ooh. Where you can play Yahtzee with friends. It takes a little longer because if you're not playing at the same time, it'll take longer. But I, I seriously can knock out an entire round of Yahtzee inside two and a half minutes on this oh, game. I can't play it then. It's pretty awesome. I can't play it. Imagine me. I just like, Yahtzee, hammer. <laughs> Yahtzee. Just flip the table, dude. I did that at work. I was like, <laughs> throw the table up. Run around the room. Yahtzee. Oh, come on, handle my bones. Shit like that. Yahtzee is not to be played without enthusiasm. on Excitement Inc. Yahtzee. Maybe we play Yahtzee. Right. Right? You see me run that way off screen, and then I run back, but I have to be blurred out because I'm naked. (laughs) Nazi! I'm fucking your alien in the mouth. (laughs) Nazi! The Ministry of Magic's carriage flies right at the camera and shatters. That's a holiday alien. How dare you? I'm sorry. I just malfucked your alien. How dare you? You save that for Cthulhu over there. (sighs) That's so many tentacles. That becomes tentacle porn. You should stop the show. Thank (laughs) you for listening to When Daniel Met Rich. I'm Rich. I'm Daniel. Catch us next time where we'll be, um, well, raping the Funko Pops because we got a Yahtzee. The cock. (laughs) God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> they even listen. Bye! I missed Bulldogs.